0: Giving equity away to a portfolio company's entire workforce, is this the future of private markets investment? Welcome to Spotlight. I'm Toby Mitchell, Senior Editor for ESG and Sustainability at PEI and Editor of New Private Markets, a newly launched title that explores sustainable and impact investing in private equity, real estate, infrastructure and private debt. KKR's US industrials team, under the leadership of partner and co-head of America's private equity, Pete Stavros, has been honing an approach to employee engagement that could reshape PE. The team has now completed eight deals in which equity has been granted to all employees in the form of options. It's a simple idea that draws on a long-standing PE principle that ownership is a powerful aligning force. This, however, goes beyond the conventional approach of cutting in only a select group of managers. The most recent example involved manufacturing business Ingersoll Rant, formerly known as Gardner Denver, a business with 16,000 employees.
1: So if you look at the market value of all the equity awarded, it'd be about $400 million. That's Pete Stavros via a Zoom call. And again, that's exclusive of management. So the vast majority of that goes to hourly employees. We believe that's the largest such you know, all employee equity grant ever done by a public company. So now we've got, you know, 100% of our employees are are owners in the business. You know, we do this to drive employee engagement together with other things that we do around investments in the workforce and how we drive community engagement uh, in the company. KKR originally
0: took Gardner Denver private in 2013.
1: If you compare Gardner Denver when it was public, there were 6,000 employees and 84 had ownership. And today, as a result of private equity involvement, we've got 16,000 employees, so it's a far bigger company, and everyone's got an ownership stake in the business. This has been one we're, re- we're really proud of. I mean, we've had a huge impact on company performance. It's been a great deal for our investors, and it's been great for employees. So the obvious question is, why do they do this? First of all, we think this is just the right thing to do. Um, but if you're strictly talking about, you know, performance, we definitely see in the data higher levels of employee engagement, lower employee turnover, so higher retention, lower absenteeism, et cetera, and higher levels of employee engagement, which we measure pretty religiously in our companies. So I think there's no question we're getting a more stable, more engaged workforce. At the same time, at the company level, we are seeing higher levels of productivity, higher quality, lower scrap rates, et cetera. So the the company performance has improved, the employee experience is improved, and the logical leap you've got to make is that those two are connected, which is something we're very comfortable betting on.
0: Okay, so the second obvious question is, why doesn't everybody do this all the time?
1: We've done this you know, every time in US industrials for the past decade or so. We are experimenting with it in other geographies, other business units, other industry verticals. But industrials, I would say, and particularly industrials in the US, has a unique advantage in terms of this being really impactful and really relevant. And that is, in an industrial company, you've got the majority of your workforce as hourly employees in the manufacturing plant, critical to your success, really the drivers of quality and cost and on-time delivery, productivity, scrap, et cetera, and at the same time, not engaged on the job. So low levels of employee engagement, high level of potential impact. Uh, So you just don't have that in, in every other sector, you know, take software, you've got a small employee base, it's the C suite, some software engineers and some salespeople, and that's kind of it all highly compensated, all pretty engaged. And then you have other verticals like retail, where it just would not really be applicable, because the employee base has such a high degree of turnover. You know, An wow. average retailer has 100% annual employee turnover. So if you show up and start talking about five year business plans and equity value creation, you would have you know, lost people in the first 10 minutes because they don't have aspirations to be at the company You know, even a year
0: from today. I have to press Stavros a bit harder on this. Certainly one sector may be better suited to this than another. It may have longer tenured, lower paid workers, but I find it hard to believe that there isn't a place for this approach in a broader set of industries. I would say a couple of things. Conventional wisdom is hourly employees won't
1: value ownership. They won't understand it. Ownership is really best suited in the hands of of a small number of people at the top of an organization who will understand it, value it, and who are best positioned to drive performance. That's conventional wisdom. And that's been conventional wisdom for a long period of time. And, you know, today I talked to A number of CEOs, who that's their belief, that's been the practice for a long time, and that's just what people believe, that if we give equity to lower levels of an organization, that's just squandering potential value. My dad was an hourly worker, so I I find the concept of that offensive, Mm -hmm. but I also just think it's wrong. I think the idea that hourly employees don't have something to contribute beyond just the mechanics of what you've put in front of them as their day job, I think it's just wrong. We see it in the data. We see it anecdotally. We see changed behaviors in employees at our companies that prove to us that that's wrong. But that's really, if you ask why isn't this more common, that's, I'd say, number one. Number two is to do this and get performance improvements is an enormous amount of work. You know, Sometimes when we tell the story, it sounds so easy. Just sprinkle mm. some ownership out and results are gonna flow out of the company like magic. And if you were to take a peek inside, I mean, take Ingersoll Rand as an example, our CEO there and the whole management team, they are so passionate about this. They put so much effort into it that you might be surprised. I mean, if you're gonna do this the right way, the way Vicente Ronell does it at Ingersoll Rand for us, it's about turning towards almost open book management where you are opening up the business plan to your entire workforce. Here's the plan here's where we're headed, here's how we're gonna create value, and you're gonna participate in it. And I'm gonna share data with you every week on how we're doing. And so we're gonna break down the goals that underpin our value creation effort by business unit, by geography, by plant. Sometimes I've seen Vicente break it down further than that, You know, by product line, by manufacturing line, and really getting people to understand what's gonna drive performance and how they can contribute. That's a huge, huge undertaking. And you've got to have a whole manager team that wants to do it, that buys into it, that's going to put all the extra work in to making it happen. That's the second thing I'd highlight is just, this is a lot more complicated than it sounds at first blush. There's a lot more to this. And it's not just ownership. It's about how you treat your employees, the investments you make in your workforce, the impact the company's having in the community. Are you building pride in the organization? Are people proud to work there? Do they feel cared for? So there's Ownership is pretty closely tied to compensation. That's one of many things that motivates people. Mm -hmm. So it's got to be more than just ownership.
0: Stavros studied the history of employee engagement as an MBA student. He was inspired by conversations with his father, an hourly construction worker who riled at the perverse incentives that meant he would be better off maximizing his time spent on the job, rather than focusing on getting the job done well and efficiently.
1: And my dad, he, he's not got much of a formal education, but is a very smart guy. And I think he was keen to have me understand as a kid that there was something wrong with the setup as it relates to hourly workers.
0: Even though conventional buyout wisdom doesn't include giving everyone a slice of equity, Stavros says he faced little resistance when first proposing the idea at KKR.
1: We really didn't, you know, certainly not internally. KKR's culture is very much focused on partnership. We're all on the boat together. We're all one team. When we went public, every KKR employee got stock in Mm -hmm. KKR, from the most senior people to, you know, people who are secretaries and assistants, you know, who work in the file room,
0: et cetera. This approach has started to grab the attention of the wider financial community, and Stavros sees it becoming more widespread over time. We've had a number of GPs, you know,
1: reach out on this to talk about it. I know for a fact uh, some of them are considering this in some parts of their business, You know, equally interesting, we've also gotten contacted by public companies. There's Mm -hmm. one public company in particular, a a really iconic American company that's considering it, might do something early next year. And I've spent a bunch of time with the management team and their board talking about it.
0: That iconic American brand turned out to be motorcycle maker Harley Davidson, which went on to reveal in February, after my conversation with Stavros, that each of its four and a half thousand employees would become owners in the business. Greater portfolio company employee ownership and engagement feel like concepts that are starting to gather steam. We know other firms are looking at this. Some have enacted versions of it already. For Stavros, the positive impact such programs can have illustrate the great potential that private equity ownership has as a force for positive impact and could go some way to counter some of the bad press that clings to the PE industry when things don't go well.
1: So there's just unfortunately bad things that happen in the business world when you have bad leadership. And occasionally that happens in private equity and it just gets a lot of attention when it happens. The thing that, that excites me about private equity in relation to the discussion we're having is what an incredible force for good private equity is positioned to be. I say that because of the extent to which decision-making is concentrated. So you know, take our industrial group. It really took a small number of people to drive impact that has led to, you know, we're on our way towards a billion dollars of value being created and distributed for hourly workers, that's a pretty big deal. Uh, And that's one slice of one firm. And so if the whole industry gets around, whether it's climate change or broad-based equity or whatever, it just doesn't take that many people to have huge impact.
0: Well, there it is. Is employee ownership the future of private markets investment? maybe. That's all for this episode. If you want to hear more, you can check us out wherever you listen to podcasts and on PEI's various titles online. And be sure to check out our new title at newprivatemarkets.com. I'm Toby Michnell. Thanks for listening.